Okay, let's finish Hebrews chapter 10 tonight. I'm so thankful. Isn't it so unfortunate to say goodbye to one another and, and return to home? Right? Do you want to don't you want to stay a little longer? Living in God's presence is such a happy thing. You don't have any worries at all, right? And as I see your faces, it's, it's like that. It seems like you don't have any worries. Okay, let me ask you. Is there any of you who is not happy right now at the moment? Who is not happy at the moment? Honestly, honestly. I don't feel happy right now. Right? Everyone's happy here. Amen. Let's bless one another. I want the rest of your life to be happy like this. I want the rest of your life be happy like this. And if you live by grace, you will not get disease. Why? Because you are filled with God's joy. How can a disease enter into your body? So in Isaiah 65, the new Jerusalem is being created by, by, by the happiness, by joy. So kingdom of God is created by, by the joy, by the material that is called God's joy. With the best smile you can have, show it to the person next to you. With the best smile you can have. <laughs> so if you if you don't smile uh, daily, if you, you if you don't smile that much, whenever whenever a, a baby is born, an infant will have 400 muscles that is related to making faces. But be, because during their life, people are beginning to worry and concern. These muscles that make allow people to smile are devolving. So those people don't know how to make smile. There is a person in our church. There is a sister in our church. Many years ago, she received this spirit of joy. But because she was a person who usually doesn't laugh during during her regular days, because she has, even she is having a spirit of joy, we, we cannot identify whether she is laughing or crying. Because she never laughed in her life for a long time. And even now, even now your face is not, your face does not seem smiley at all. So if you don't smile much, your face, uh, your muscles will devolve. So you should always smile and laugh. So when you smile, you become happy. 
In Korea, there is this place called Haeondong. So it's a place in Seoul. Uh, it, there is a market which which commerce the head of the pig for this the shamanism. But what do you know? What what kind of pig has is the most uh, expensive ones? Which ones do you think is the most uh, most expensive? I'm telling you the the facts. The smiley ones? Why? The pig's head, which is stretching its lips the most widely, are the most expensive. Why? Because they are used for the shamanism. And Koreans uh, uh, shove the bills uh, in the mouth of the pigs. So, so the most expensive pigs' heads are the ones that are smiling the, the biggest. And even the pigs, pigs which smile the most are the most expensive. So there's no reason for us who are living before God uh, to not smile before him. So when in, in the past, if when you go before the kings, if you don't have a, a smile or a happy face, you will you will get punished. And to Nehemiah, um, the king of uh, Persia, Persia asked ask him, hey, why are you having a, a uh, depression? Why do you have a depression on your face? But our king Jesus is not like that. He does not rebuke us or punish us for not, not smiling. But not smiling before a king is an impolite thing. So you should be able to always uh, make a smile before him. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. So whenever we think of our Lord, we should be happy. Whenever we should think of our Lord, we should we should be joyful. Amen. So concerning and worrying is such a great unbelief. Worrying and concerning, it means that you are saying that I will live according to my own strength. I don't need God. And in the Bible, it says 365 times, do not worry. So it means that do not worry every day. Amen. So once again, bless one another. Be happy like this for the rest of your life. So are you guys ready? Okay, now let's conclude Hebrews chapter 10 tonight. And as we conclude chapter 10, I believe the power of the blood will be poured powerfully over you. So I told you that Jesus had set aside five things. The high priest, the law, the earthly tabernacle, old covenant, and lastly, the sacrifices and regulations. And chapter 10, 
Japan is summarizing all of those things. So it would be only so today tonight's sermon would be short, right? But but are you guys ready? Are your faith uh, prepared? And you should understand that all 66 books of the Bible is about reality. And if you eat, eat the word by faith, the purpose that God has toward that word becomes incarnated in, in us. So whenever God gives a certain authority or power, he has some kind of purpose uh, that is written through, through a Bible. For example, Habakkuk. After I received Habakkuk's message of Habakkuk in faith, I saw how the history is working. So as I began Zoe ministry 20 years ago, I told the pastors, pastors, do you see how the earth is rotating? And that's because that's what I thought everyone is experiencing. Because I ate the word by faith, I was able to see the earth rotating. And I'm an apostle. But because, because I'm, a, I'm a pastor in the church, that's why I, I make prophecies. But, in, uh, but rather, uh, rather than just prophes prophesying itself, I'm looking in a greater scale. So I'm expecting how things will happen in the future. So, so it's, it's rather than prophesying, I'm just watching God's plan in a big picture. So to the people, it's the same. When I see a person, I, will, I would know how his, his life would be in the future. I talked with an Israelite friend uh, t today. I told him, you shouldn't, uh, minister, you shouldn't minister in Israel. I didn't prophesy for him. As I saw his, his uh, existential being, he shouldn't be ministering in Israel. So if you receive the message of Habakkuk in faith, you, should, you will be like, like me. And that's how God wrote Habakkuk. So you, it will happen to you exactly the same if you eat the word correctly. And why is the, the truth of Zoya ministry so tremendous? And I told all of you that it is okay for any of the Zoya ministry members to use, use this church system. It is okay to use the exact same um, terminology or the vocabularies. Why? Because it's not my own, own term. Just promise me one thing. Do not make money out of this truth. If not, anyone can use this message. In Zoe ministry, we are making, uh, printing lots of books. We don't make money through that books. We will give them out freely, for free to you. Never once in my ministry I have preached and I have received money for that. Because I received all grace by God for free. What am I trying to say? Why is the message of Zoe ministry so powerful? Because it's not just a theory. 
But because God made me to to go through this process of uh, realization of the of the truth in my life, if the if the truth does not become realized in my life, I could not stand it. Whether it is spiritual gifts, whether it is power, whether it is matter issue of characteristics, God made me to obey, bow down, repent, and and pray for 13 years. So Zoe ministry never talks about theory. My wife and my church members are the witnesses. God made me to wrestle about this issue for the last 34 years. So if you preach this truth exactly as you guys are experiencing, people will change, church will change. That's what will happen. Why? Because we are preaching the message that is being realized in life. So this is not something that is specially limited to me, but this is just a characteristic of God. So original purpose of God is like that. When God says always rejoice, rejoice always, it's not a theory. You should be able to rejoice always. When he says uh, be thankful in, in every day, be thankful every day, then we should be able to give thanks to the Lord every day. So the written word of God is uh, the reality itself is not a theory. When when our Lord Jesus was baptized, the heavens were so heavens were opened. Uh, Luke 9 says and Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, was sent down like, like a dove, and and the word in in Greek is somatiko, which is reality. And if you receive, if you have received the Holy Spirit, it, it, the Holy Spirit will make everything realized in you. And so called, you will see uh, so called the work of faith in you. And through that faith, your life will change. And so what's the miracle in the church? If the power is being shown, it's not the miracle. But power and the signs not being shown in the church, that's a miracle. How can the church of God not show any signs and miracles? How can a church of God not being able to show any signs or love? That itself is a miracle. So you need to understand that God's word must take place in life. This is not something that we, we should make out of our, our own effort. But God's word that indwells in us will make it happen. So we did not cover Hebrews chapter 4 during this conference. But Hebrews 4.11 clearly said that God's word is active and powerful. It has force because it's in life. 
God's word is not a, a like a like a fixed things that fixed thing that is staying just inside. When God's word comes in us, it moves. Amen. So you should be able to eat the word by faith, so that the purpose of God's word would be fulfilled in your life. The only secret to make God's word to be realized in your life is to eat the word by faith. Hebrews 4.2 says it too. Because you guys are not eating the word by faith, there is no benefit for you. If you eat the word by faith, there will be a benefit to you. God will fulfill the purpose through the message in your life. So that's why this message of Hebrews is making great works in, in our lives. Pastor Gembe from Africa, she understands what it is. And Pastor Philemon, he, he understands this. Everywhere this word is passing by, it is making great works. Because this is a real, this is a reality. This is not a theory. I don't, I don't talk about theory. So the power of the blood in Hebrew never talks about theory to you. So when you receive the word by faith tonight, the power of the blood will will enter into you through through the message through Hebrews. So you need to know how powerful the power of the blood is. You will know how the power of the blood will make you holy. So whenever you open the Bible, you should be able to smell the scent of the blood. Because Bible is a book that God used the blood of Jesus as an ink and has, and he wrote it with a pen of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's begin uh, looking from verse 1 to 4 of chapter 10. The author is talking about these, uh, this unstable right, legal right of the old systems. So he is repeating the same message from the past, past chapters. So first, he's talking about this unstableness of the law, of the legalism. The law. He's talking about the law. Pastor, <laughs> 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 okay, okay, let's look at the, the, the top part of the verse one of yeah. <laughs> First one. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. <laughs> so this this word shadow is repeating. This is something that, that the Platonist is using. But the but the author did not uh, have the purpose to refer to that, that concept. So this metaphysics is, is something that is applied to this philosopher, but, but it's about the dualism, whether you do it or not. But the method of, the, of God is about, about monoism, whether it is God's will or not. Whatever I have, whatever I possess, whatever I can do, 
you, you don't have to consider those. What matters to you is whether whether it is God's will or not. And we, as we pray for Ant, this this enterprise, when when they first opened that company, I I called them. That CEO did not have money, did not have did not have anything. But I said, hey, open a business. And then in in that very first year, they they uh, recorded a three three million dollars of of the sales. Nothing was prepared. They could not do anything. But when God when God said let's do it, then they could, he could do, and he he did. So you only consider God's will. That's how things are beginning in Zoe Ministry. Whether it is God's will, then 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 we'll do it. Is Israel Conference God's will? Then we'll do it. And the very next day, the the finance is being filled. So that's how God begins His work. So it is important to hold on to God's will by faith. But the world is not like that. If you are planning to do something, then you should consider every aspect. So the word shadow here, the word shadow here has a, uh, um, uh, he, the author is using these worldly uh, terminology through Platonism. So here it is a comparison between the past and the uh, perfection. So God's time, Kairos, is going toward the direction of perfection. But if you live by flesh, if you live by the world, you continue to circulate, make a circle, you just rotate. No, God's reign is all about going toward a certain direction, which is perfection. So you should be renewed every day, you should be changed, you should grow. So to all the church members in your church, it's the same. If your church is under God's reign, your church members will change continuously. Why? Because they, they don't change from all the gains from the outside, but because kingdom of God is already in us and it is changing from our inside. So that's how we are being changed. So this is the purpose why the author has used the term shadow. So the law is something that is preparing for something that is coming from the future. So law is just the beginning. So we should not just stay in the law. And it's not the reality themselves, which means they are not perfected beings. And what else? He's talking about the sacrifices. For this reason, he can never by the same sacrifice repeated endless year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. This is something we talked about. Through, through, the, through the animal sacrifices, we cannot be perfected. The sacrifices of Israelites is only postponing the judgment, not to solve the sin itself. Their sin offering is just storing their records in the temple. So, so it's the Yom Kippur that is taking care of that business only once a year. So Rosh Hashanah has begun, the Feast of the Trumpets. 
and the 40 days of, of um, consecrating will come or Rosh Hashanah hasn't begun yet Feast of the Trumpets Rosh Hashanah okay it's the 10th of next month so Rosh Hashanah is the new year Jewish new year and also the Feast of the Trumpets and then two weeks after the Yom Kippur is the Feast of the Tabernacle. So during those times, we will we'll be ascended to heavens too. And then Jesus will surely uh, come back uh, during the days of uh, Feast of Tabernacle. So that's why us to a ministry always come to Israel around these, these Feast of Tabernacle days. And whenever we, we have this confirmation that Jesus will come, come down this year, then I will just waiting for him in Israel without returning back home to Korea. I already marked marked up the spot where Jesus will come down in Mount Olive. Okay, let's move on. So the only purpose God has toward us is the perfection. So there is no other plan. The only purpose for us children of God is perfection. This is the same as the predestination that appears in the book of Ephesians. God, God decided to make his children to be holy and blameless. Just like Romans 8.33, he has decided to make his, his people glorified. Amen. This is God's decision. And if you are a child of God, until the second coming of Jesus, you should fulfill this. This is not what I make. Because he called us, he will fulfill that. And also, this is something that I said this morning. What is this season about? Even though you have this clear promise of the perfection and the glorification, nearly all, all the churches around the world cannot believe in this, and they search for different things. They think that a mediocre spirituality would still lead that to heaven. There is no promise like that in the Bible. So only promise toward our salvation that is written in the Bible is perfection. And if you do not believe in this word by faith, the reason why we cannot believe in this is because you are not seeing the models. But during your days, you will see these glorious models. For example, our church, Yolong Church, do not doubt about this glorification. At least because they are watching me every day. Oh, my, our pastor is being renewed every day. At least this word is true. 
And now many models of glorification is being raised in our church. Oh, it is true that God's promise is upon the glorification and perfection. So this is the season that you are being glorified and you will see these glorified model, models uh, to be raised. And our pastors must be that models too. Amen. Okay, let's continue. Okay, always believe that his only plan for us to be is to be perfected. And this is a very obvious thing if you understand who God is. God cannot deal with anything that is not perfect. He is the best. He is the most high. So ever since the great prostitute has been corrupted in the church, what happened to us? They try to bring down the scale of God into human scale. No, the, the essence of the Bible is to kill all the possibilities of human beings because I have died on the cross with, with Christ and I should be ascended to God's scale. That's, that's all the standards that is appearing in the Bible. As I always say, what's the purpose of God sending his children to the church? Not to make a good man. If you want to be a good man, go to an ethics teacher. No, it's to make a divine being. Just like Ephesians chapter 5, to make a person who imitates God. So this is someone who, who is imitating the Christ, and it is numerously being repeated in the Bible. But how are we reacting to the Lord? How should we react to that? Oh, Lord, you will do that to me. And that's uh, being under God's rule. So, so the church must see uh, God's scale, God's method, God's plan. The church must be moved by those things. All the methods and plans of the human beings should be given up. That should, that's the image of glorious church. Amen. Believe. You need to believe in God's will. You need to believe what kind of plans that God has through his will toward the churches. Amen. Why is amen so quiet in this last time? Amen. You should be thrilled and excited. I guess, I guess the impartations were too strong. Everyone's getting dizzy and numb. Well, it can be. Okay, let's continue. So for this reason, he can never make perfect those who draw near to worship. So it means that we are supposed to be perfected at all circumstances. It means that we have to believe that our records of sin in the heavenly sanctuaries has been deleted. Through the cross, Jesus gave us the righteousness and the holiness. And with his perfect blood, he deleted all the records of sin. 
then he made us perfect. So you should believe that you are existentially righteous. Enemies can never bring condemnation over you. They can never accuse you. They can never make you stumble. They have no evidence to do so. Amen. So we can always be perfected. Amen. Those who are not made perfect cannot go before, before God. God already opened the road before him. And I talked about what a tremendous thing it is to go before the throne of grace. And that's a place that no, no angels can go in. Only you and I can go in there. Only those who have the power of the blood can enter into the place. Only those who have received the holiness can go in there. Only those who God entrusted His glory can enter into that place. Only those who can see the light coming out of the face of the God can enter into that place. Only the air of God can enter into that place. Amen. So whenever you return home, every time you pray, you should experience, you would experience, and you will experience the joy to go before the throne of grace. And already there are many people who said that they've experienced it. So entering into that place and not being able to enter into that place is completely different. And even in this earth, even on this earth, uh, Joseph said that the high priest is the most um, worthy person because he had the qualification to enter into the sanctuary in this earth. But we, we are not just like that. We can go into the headquarters that decides all the histories of the world, the holy of holies of the heavens. Amen. Why is it too long? Why are your translation so long? The place that decides everything decides all the destiny of the creations. Uh, the place that holds the records of all the actions of the creation. We have the qualification to enter into that place which has this grand scale. Those who enter, who has entered into this place understand what that means. Those people who experience this understand the atmosphere. This is indescribable. Just like nine, uh, Hebrews 9.11, this is, this is a place that does not belong to the creation. You will only understand it when you enter there. But why can you not enter? Even though you have all the promises, it's because you are not living by the Spirit. You are so bound. Your spirit is too heavy. You are carrying the burden of the flesh too much. That's why you cannot enter into that place. So if you live by faith, first thing that you should do is to get rid of your concerns and worries. You should get rid of all the hindrances. Then your spirit will be lighter. Have you ever seen a feather of an angel? And by the uh, by the um, 
it's, it's uh, by the appearance you cannot distinguish whether it's a hey, it's a goat feather. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a feather of a duck or a feather of an angel. But when you blow the feather, it will just fly around because it is too light. Of course, a feather of a duck is too. <laughs> <laughs> but your spirit must be like that too when Holy Spirit leads you you should be able to move rapidly according to his guidance through the ruach of the Holy Spirit you should move your spirit should be like that that's why I say going before the throne of grace is easy and more than our desire to go into that place, uh, even our Lord Jesus is awaiting for you to, to introduce you to, to our Father. Now is the time for us to all enter into that place. Amen. Let's move to verse 2. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. If the blood of the animals would have given them the perfection, then the high priestess would not have been needed for those people. So realizing the sin is the same word for conscious. So it means there would be no uh, uh, record of sins in the conscious. Then it means that you don't need any more uh, sacrifices. And, and also in Hebrews 10, 18, it says we don't need uh, any other sacrifices. But because the animal sacrifices cannot replace the place, that's why, that's, that's why uh, it is being repeated. So these 25,000 Kohens keep offering the sacrifices for millions of years. It cannot never fulfill the perfection. And the Kohens or, or the priests, they retire at the age of 50. But why do they retire so early? Because there is no there is no chair in the tabernacle, and the and the priest must must stand up all day long because and, and they will have these this disc dislocations. That's why they they uh, retire quickly. It means they don't have Sabbath. Why? Because they must carry the burden of sin every day, and they must carry carry the continuation of forgiving sins or the uh, solving the sins. That's why they don't have Sabbath. But through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been set free from the sin, and we have been um, uh, set free from the sin, and sin cannot rule over us, which is uh, being written in Romans. So being free from the sin, it means we are in Sabbath. The reason why your life is so difficult and tough is because of this power, the pressure, the oppression that the sin is giving. It is clashing with the Holy Spirit in you. So if you do not solve that issue, it is key bringing conflicts in your spirit. So that's why it is so difficult. Your prayer is the same. You should be able to go before the throne of grace and pray easily. 
and like in a blink of an eye, you should you should feel passing of six hours. But you feel so difficult to pray. Why? Because the power of your flesh is too strong. And Holy Spirit is weak in you. That's why it is keep having the conflict in you. That's that's why it's difficult to pray. And you don't understand what glory is. That's why you should believe that Jesus has cleansed all the issues of sin and you should always be able to repent before him. And I always use this term, maintain the righteousness. Why? Because God always does his thing through the status of righteousness. Through righteousness, he gives you faith. Through righteousness, he gives you authority. Through righteousness, he gives you love. So if you lose the righteousness, you cannot have relationship with God. As I always say, the righteousness, it means that it does not have any sin. And it means that the legal rights uh, confirming that you have no sin is being given to you. That's the righteousness. So through that righteousness, God does everything through you. And what happens if you do not maintain the righteousness? Oh, well, okay. Um, uh, okay, the evidence of maintaining the righteousness. It's like you are always maintaining the status of repentance. So instantly, as you commit something, uh, you, you feel the, uh, the crying of the Holy Spirit in you. If you see something that is fancy, oh, that seems good, and a greed uh, arise in me, then the Holy Spirit will instantly tell you, and you will be able to repent right away. And your spirit will witness this continuously taking place in your, in your life. This is only possible when you maintain the righteousness in your life. But those, but those who, who do not maintain the righteousness, they cannot diagnose these, these darknesses coming into the spirit. So this is the image of the people who live by the Holy Spirit. Keep being moved by the Spirit of God. And I repented one thing while I was sitting over there. I, I talked according to the will of the Holy Spirit, but Pastor Francisco was hurt because I said that I said that uh, Latin Americans uh, put their emotions first. So I hurted their emotions without my will. So I repented over there. Oh Lord, I I hurt. I gave a hurt to Pastor Francisco. Lord, heal her, heal his wounds. Because I'm maintaining the righteousness, I'm able to repent for all those sins that I I did not intended or all those sins that I committed in my uh, subconsciousness. 
This is only possible through the Holy Spirit, through the maintain, maintenance of the righteousness. And as I, as I, as I said, it's just like First uh, John 8, 5, uh, the word of God is always facing, facing toward the heavens, and it is moving, moving inside, and it is moving with the blood and the Holy Spirit. So when blood is moving, Holy Spirit is moving. When Holy Spirit is moving, the word is moving. So, so because they all those three things are moving in, in us, that's why God gave us the promise that He will make us like Him. So it's not a matter of our talent. But it's all about the spiritual sensitivity. And when we talk about the sensitivity, it does not mean that we feel something easily. It's about the concentration toward the Lord, concentration toward the Holy Spirit. When we say if you are concentrated to the Lord, it means that we are diligent in the Spirit. It is, it is not about the laziness. It's not about the laziness of the body. It means that you are always sensitive toward the reaction of God. You are always quick and rapid in the reaction to the Lord. Because Yahweh itself is the moving God. And because that life is moving in us. So only thing that I do is to follow the movement of that life in me. I'm a person who prayed for 34 years and still and still God is so pleased with me praying for six hours a day and think about it I prayed for 34 years and if I have prayed for 34 years now isn't it okay for me to just stop a little bit but God does not allow me to do so so all I, all I do is to just diligently follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So when I'm, when I'm at my church, I usually wake up around 2 or 3 in the morning, not because I want to pray, but because God is moving in me. And if I don't pray like that, the whole joy ministry around the world will stop. So all I do is to follow Holy Spirit's instinct. And because Holy Spirit is guiding me in the front, I follow Him. So it's not about the talent. Who is concentrating on the Holy Spirit the more? Who is more sensitive toward the Holy Spirit? So the first, first step in your spirituality is the direction. You should look toward Him. So it appears in Hebrews 12, 2. Look toward the Lord. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. So we should fix our direction to the Lord. Amen. Okay, if I preach like this, then I, I need to preach all night long. Okay, verse 3. <laughs> what do you mean, Gloria? <laughs> Do you want me to see me die up here? <laughs> Verse 3. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. 
So every year on Yom Kippur, um, Israelites solve their issues of sin. Why? Because because the Israelites store their sins in the temple uh, through sin offerings. And I should have preached Leviticus chapter 6 to you guys before I preach chapter 10 of Hebrews. The book of Leviticus is so important, especially especially if you don't understand book of Leviticus, you cannot you cannot interpret book of Hebrews. And when you read book of Leviticus, you should be able to smell the blood. Anyways, let's move to verse 4. It is impossible for the blood of the bulls and goats to take away sins. Because they are only sacrifices. They are only offerings. And through those blood, we can never be perfected. We can never solve those sins. Let's look at verse 5 to 9. And Jesus prepared a new sacrifice for these five new systems. Verse 5, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, He said, So, so this is His first coming. He said, So He is referring to um, Psalms 40. There are many important psalms. The 40th psalms is one of the most important psalms. Of course, he is referring to the Septuagint. The author, author of Hebrew is referring to the Septuagint. Is um, quoting Psalms 46, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. So a body, which means that God prepared a person. God prepared a person. So surely our Lord Jesus must have come as a body of a human being. We talked about this, right? This is the essence of the Christology. This is the essence of Christology in Mark. The word son of man is directly referring to that. Once again, Jesus had the identity of a son of God as he came on this earth, but he never practiced the authority of Son of God on this earth. That's why he called himself Son of Man. So theologically, we call it Messianic Secret. If he had shown and practiced his authority or the power as Son of God, then our salvation would have been nullified. So how tense would he, he felt even, even as a as a son of God, he cannot practice that. So he emptied himself completely and he lived completely relying on the Holy Spirit. So we are looking at a person who has been dependent on the Holy Spirit for 30 years. So just maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit only for a month. All the preaching that I am preaching right now, 
God made those structures in the first year that I met the Lord. So only through that one year maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit, God nearly completed all the revelations that I'm preaching these days. So look how tremendous it is to maintain, to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why are the revelations are being, being decreased these days? Because people do not maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So whenever, when you return back home, you, you should desire to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amazing, tremendous things will take place in your life. So in, in Psalms, David is saying that how much of a thought God have toward me. Because David is maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit, he's listening to this tremendous amount of revelations. God is continuously talking to him. So, and, and even myself, when I met the Lord 34 years ago, when I first received the fullness of the Holy Spirit, God told me endlessly. And even I did not have enough time to write down those revelations because He is continuously talking to me. So because I understand how it tastes to, to taste the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that's why I'm trying not to lose that fullness. Nearly all the people that I met, they are going back and forth between the new self and the old self. Once they are staying in the new self, once they are going back to the old self, that's why, that's why it is impossible for them to, uh, to understand how it tastes, uh, how the glory of God tastes. They don't know how to maintain the relationship with God. So you should desire to maintain this relationship and you should demand this to the Lord. You should request this to the Lord. So whenever you do this, God will show you what are the things that are hindering you from maintaining the Holy, uh, fullness of the Holy Spirit. So you should know, oh, these are my weaknesses. Oh, these are the things why I am rebelling to God. So because you are keep looking at the light, that light will shine the deepest part of you. Or else you will go back and forth from darkness to light, darkness to light. Amen. So desire for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Desire for the, Holy, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so we are looking at verse 5. But a body you prepare for me. Uh, verse 6. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. This is the prophecy that, that was repeated more than 10 times in the Old Testament, including Hosea. So actually, Israelites are not listening to these prophecies. God has set aside the sin offerings and um, bird offerings, but why are they keep offering these sacrifices? So God already decided to set aside these, these animal sacrifices. 
Of course, it is clear that because of the syncretism of the Israelites, that that's why that's one of the reasons why God is saying this. So, in all the history of Israelites, they never they have never denied Yahweh, but 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 because they have served Yahweh and at the same time they have served Baal, so it applies to the churches these days too. They attend the church, but they still enjoy the world. They pray to God, but at the same time, they try their best to make money. This is all syncretism. Syncretism. So they, they do not even understand that they are serving Baal. So they, they should have abandoned God at the first place. But, but because they lived a long life with God, so they, they, they cannot just abandon Him, so they decided to serve both gods. So if God becomes a burden or a hindrance in your life, it's a dangerous sign. Um, during the Easter, we, we wake up early in the morning to, to have a worship, right? Because Jesus was resurrected in the, in the early morning. And this is one of the few days in the, in the year that you have to wake up really early in the morning. And there are some, some of you who say, oh, why did Jesus resurrect in the early morning? He should have resurrected in the afternoons. So, if some sort of act of faith becomes a burden to you, it means that you are becoming more like a flesh. Why did God make us to offer one-tenth of my earning? He should have, she should have just asked for um, one-twentieth. So if, if these kind of things become a hindrance to you, it means that it's a dangerous sign to you that you are becoming a flesh. You should be able to be pleased to offer even your life to the Lord. So this, these things become hindrance to you if, you if you live by your flesh. Let's move to verse 7. Then I said, here I am. It, it is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. And this is Messiah himself speaking. This is method of speaking Peshen. It's Jesus himself speaking. He said that he is referring to himself that is written in the scroll. So he is to fulfill God's will to to become a body that is prepared pe prepared uh, from him. So he is saying that he will offer his body. And, and this is something that is written in Isaiah 42. 41, actually. This is a very important prophecy. Okay, let's turn to Isaiah 41 because it's so important. Uh, 42, verse 1. 
42 verse 1 here is my servant whom I uphold my chosen one in whom I delight I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations so God chose a man God chose a body Ever, even from the days of Isaiah, God already prophesied that Jesus will come in a body. So here, the word my chosen is important. The word chosen. But let's continue. In whom I delight, I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. So Messiah can never be separated from the Spirit of God. This is important. So when you say, oh, our church have good sermons, our church have good magni uh, manifestation of the Spirit, no, there should be no div uh, division between those two. When Holy Spirit moves, Jesus will move. You, you need to understand that God's kingdom is about the integration. There is no separation. God's kingdom will come rapidly, but it will not be fulfilled in a, in a short period of time because you need a time to integrate everything. Then you need a process to get rid of all those hindrances in the community to fulfill that, to, per, uh, to make that perfect. So the term integration is so important. So Messiah can never be separated from the, the, the Holy Spirit. Fullness of the word is fullness of Jesus. Fullness of Jesus is fullness of the Spirit. If you are filled with Jesus, you are filled with the word. It can never be separated. This is the essence of the church. So the word chosen is important here. So the word bahar, bahar in, in Hebrew, is to choose some, uh, to to give up on something in order to choose other. So what does it mean? It means that Jesus gave up upon his throne in order to choose his human body. So the word chosen came from the Old Testament, the word Hebrew. Hebrew word Bahar. So in, in Hebrews, there appears the word in the New Testament, uh, the predestination or, or the, the, um, the chosen. Okay, let's look at that. Look at that um, New Testament text. And one of our doctors in our church, uh, one of them wrote the, the, the paper about the predestination and election. So this predestination is a terminology that appears in the New Testament. This word appeared after the first coming of Jesus. But this word predestination came from the flow of the word election, which came from the Old Testament. I'm telling this to you because it is connected to your issue of salvation. 
Because I chose God, I need to get rid of the world. Look at Matthew 22:18. There, there comes people who are not wearing the suitable garment for King's festival. They are kicked out, and there will be time for them to be to be gnashing their teeth. It does not mean that they will be going. They will go to hell. But because they are not wearing the right garment, they they will not be invited to the festivals. You are you are the same. If you do not wear the uh, the holy garment, you cannot go to the um, festival of the wedding of the lamb uh, as uh, as a bride. You will go there as a crowd, and not not receiving the qualification to become a bride, it means that you will lose the qualification to become a royal priest. Those people cannot be descended from heaven with Jesus. They will be gnashing their teeth, staying up in the heavens, being trained, watching the glory on, on the earth. In Revelation 17:14, there's a story about remnants. Who's a remnant? The one who has been called and who has been sincere to the election. And God called. So there are many who are called, there, but there are only few who have been elected. So this is the message that appears in Matthew 2. And also in Revelation 17, God called. And those who are sincere to the election. What does it mean? Okay, we need to lay down the world in order to fulfill this election and predestination. Those who are called and those who have been sincere to the election. There are many who are called, but there are only there are only a few who are elected. So they will go go in go into the heavens and they will have the time to gnash their teeth. So look, our Lord Jesus, because he had a body, he had to give up upon the glory of God. Well, I cannot say those two words match per, uh, 100%, but the uh, election and predestination, predestination are in, in, in the same concept. 
So predestination is a word that that was created after after Jesus, and election is the one that exists in the Old Testament. But they are nearly the same. Everything will be done automatically. After only thing that you have to do is to accept the calling. Oh, when I say everything is being done automatically, it means that as you see see the glory, you need to get rid of the things that you need to throw away. But when you see the glory, you cannot help yourself but to throw them away. Why? Because as long as you keep holding on to those things, it will be painful to you. If a single bit of a sand enters into a clam, it will begin to push it away. And something that that clam creates while uh, pushing away that sand is the pearl. So you should push away those, those dust. If you continue to live by your spirit, you will understand what that means. In Ezekiel 31, there appears the word New Testament, and Holy Spirit says that He will indwell in you. And what this, what did God say in order to, in order to Holy Spirit to indwell in you? You need to be, you need to have a soft heart. So whenever something else comes into your heart, you cannot stand that, because. Why? Because Holy Spirit is working in this soft status. You cannot stand any other hardened things. For example, if you have a girl in your heart, and if you are keep adoring that woman, is it possible for you to continue that state if you are spiritually filled? When I met my wife, when I met my wife, after my revolutionization, I began to adore Apostle Paul. So I proclaimed to my church, I will be single. I will be, I will remain as a single for the rest of my life. Well, maybe because it was, it was my misunderstandings. And because I thought that many girls, many girls would have liked me. But within a week, within a week, one woman entered into my eyesight. And I became crazy about her. I became crazy. But I even proclaimed to the church that I will remain single for the rest of my life. But I all of a sudden, an angel came into my life. I could not stand. But because I had Holy Spirit in me, I could not uh, remain remain like that, having that woman in my heart. So, so I I went to her. I asked her to marry me, and then I re I re declared to the church that I will get married to her. And because Holy Spirit was indwelling in me, I could not have any other things to stay in my heart. It was too painful. This is the image of the people who are living by the Holy Spirit. You cannot put any other thing in your heart besides the Holy Spirit. It will be too painful. Why? Because you have this soft heart that is given by the Holy Spirit. Let's continue. Okay. Are you guys sleepy? Because it's the final, final session, let's continue. Ha, 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 ha.
First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. They came from the old, old system, from the law. Verse 9. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. So he is repeating verse 7. He came to fulfill God's will to be the body that God prepared. Why? Um, he sets aside the first to establish the second. So it is impossible to, to make people holy through the first things. So it was so clear in Jesus' eye. In the perspective of holiness, God loved the humans. But because of his righteousness, he had to punish and annihilate the human beings. There's no way to solve this conflict of God. And Jesus, and then Jesus all of a sudden came. He said, Father, beat me and fulfill your love and fulfill your righteousness. So crucifixion is God beating himself. Why? Because God loved the human being so much that he took that obligation on himself. And in the book of Job, Job said, Job, in the book of Job, enemy said that, Lord, Lord, why do, you, why do you think Job loves you so much? Because you bless him so much. And, and God said that, oh, do you think so? Do you really think so? Then do whatever you want on him except for his life. Why did God say that? Because God is omniscient that he already knew that Job will be, Job will not lose, lose his faith. Then, then God, God will be, God is a, God is a gangster if he knew it. Why, why would he bring pain to Job's life? Think about it. If, if God truly did that, then he, he is a gangster. Making making a fruit of knowing good and evil and saying that if you eat it you will you will die. And if God knew that Adam will fall fall from eating it, then God God is a gangster. God does not love. Then what's the problem if he did not know that? Know the falling of Adam. It means that God is no longer omniscient um, uh, nor omnipotent. He's a powerless God. Is God omnipotent? Uh, is God uh, powerless or is God a gangster? So this is a contradiction. So for 2,000 years of Christian Christianity, people are living in this paradox. People have been living in this paradox. Sometimes people are getting mad at this gangster God. Sometimes they are being betrayed by this powerless God. This is something that Vatican had done to, to the people. 
That's why Zoe Ministry wants to restore this perfect truth from the early churches. So if we were to preach about this predestination and election, we, ha we have to stay all night long. So just, just listen to my, my Romans preaching, Romans sermon, or look at the thesis of, of our doctors. Okay, anyways, so why did God allow this uh, test to be put upon Job? Because no matter what Job choose, God decides to take care, take uh, obligation. So no matter what kind of decision you make, God will take care of you. God will be responsible for that. This is love of God. In order to love you, God even gave up upon his omnisciency. In order to love you, he gave up upon his fame. This is love of the Christ. You are the ones who are wearing this love. Just receive this love through the revelation. You will just cry all night long. Oh, I'm a being who is wearing that kind of love. It's not God had already known the victory of Job through his omniscience because, because God decided to be responsible for all the decisions of Job because of his love. God is never a gangster. God is never a powerless God. No matter what, what we choose, he already have a perfect, perfect answer. So when the love of Christ comes, just as Paul says, who can cut me off from his love? I will be more than victorious. That, that, that declaration will come out of you. Who can dare to cut me from the love of the Christ? Not only Paul, but also we should be able to uh, declare this bold statement. You enemies, you dirty enemies, I don't have enough time to, to fight you one-on-one. -on -one. Just come all at once. This is the confession of Apostle Paul in Romans 8. So whenever the love of the Christ comes in, this confidence will be created in you. So concerning about this meaningless money, being depressed because of people, is that the evidence of knowing this love? Do you, do you know that love or not? Amen. Okay, let's continue. So, so I have so many messages to share with you. Anyways, let's move to verse 10. <laughs> okay, let's look at the result of, of raising the new system. Verse 10. 
And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So we can see the many repetition of the, uh, of the phrase once for all. That's why this author, uh, this is why the author is uh, repeating these phrases. Because there are two different sacrifices. There is this word pass. Jesus offered his body once for all in order to fulfill the will of God. That's why we were made holy. So what is this sacrifice? This is sacrifice of the cross, Jesus carrying the blood which has the information of the sin of the human race. Okay, let's skip the, the, the details. And after, after this crucifixion, we are wearing now the garment of the righteousness and we are standing before the throne of God. Verse 11, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. These priests do not have Sabbath because they don't have a chairs in the tabernacle. They must stand still. But these sacrifices cannot, cannot solve the issues of sin. So you need to always believe that you are existentially the righteous. Because in the heavenly sanctuaries, we don't, we don't have the records of sin anymore. So if you do not believe this righteousness, you will suffer from the guiltiness. Because the enemies will use that. And that guilty mean, guiltiness means that you cannot repent. So even if I commit sin, the moment that you believe that you are existentially righteous, then you will be able to hear the voice of the Spirit. What's the evidence? What's the evidence of that? That you will be able to repent. So when you believe that you are existentially a righteous man, you will be able to repent. Why? Because the old self will make you commit sin, but the old self is also you. But only the, the new self can repent for the sins that the old self committed. So this new self is the one who has, who has been entrusted this righteousness. So if you do not believe this uh, existence of the righteous, you cannot repent. So the guiltiness is a clear evidence that you have not repented yet. So one more time, if you believe your identity as a righteous man, you never, even after your committing of a sin, you will not have a guiltiness. You will enter into the repentance right away. Because in the new self, you have the power to repent. Right? You understand what I mean? So the condemnation or the guiltiness 
It's a wrong state, wrong status. It's a it's a old self status. It's a status where which enemy is using. So you should never leave uh, among your personalities. Um, you should never allow the sin to remain in your personality. Verse 11. Um, which can never take away sins. So if we interpret this in, in another perspective, uh, it means that we should always maintain um, the sinless status. Why? Because we have to always maintain the righteousness. So when you meet God, what is happening in your life? God is always showing you the best direction of your life. So when you are going into a wrong direction in your life, what kind of thinking you should have? You should think that you are not meeting God at that moment. So you should always maintain this relationship, meeting with God. This is not a small thing. Nobody on this earth that's why I'm telling you not to watch football matches. I have never heard a story of a person who received a fire watching a movie, watching a football match. If there's anyone, please raise your hand. So do not consider um, this status not being able to meet God lightly. So you should always expect what God would do in your life. All the past 34 years that I have experienced. Oh, what if I did not meet God in that moment? Oh, what if I, what if I had not re responded to God's inspiration to offer the money? So there are many moments that I, I think like that. But because I followed God's guidance and it, I was in the relationship with God, that became the channel of blessing to me. But there are many of you who lost this chance of great encounter. God is preparing to bless you, but this person is not being prepared to meet me, then God cannot give that person that, that blessing. I gave, I offered lots of offering that pleased God. But imagine if I gave up upon those inspirations to offer those offerings. The reason why God gave me this authority over materials in my ministry, it's because I offered the offerings that, that please God over time and time. Why? Because I'm always encountering God. But many of you who are suffering from poverty, frankly speaking, it's because you lost these chances to encounter God. I heard all the revelation um, about my children, and if I had lost those revelations, how fearful uh, would their life be? 
the reason why your child are going to ruins is because you are not receiving God's revelation and you had lost the chances toward them. So never consider consider this this lightly. So God's calling Kara. It's not just God. God um, was just interested, and God, God just called called us out of out of nowhere. It, it means that God has a clear purpose for calling us. I don't know what that is, but God really wants to bless us. God wants to give His righteousness to us. So never treat lightly about not being able to meet God. Mm. Always maintain this righteousness. But look, this is not a difficult thing. But this is all about direction. All you have to do is to face toward Him. So what's the characteristic of the people who is facing toward God? They always call upon God. God, what should I do? God, do this for me. Lord, why is this happening to me? You are keep questioning God if you are meeting God, if you are uh, facing toward Him. Because He is a personality, because you acknowledge His personality, you are relying on Him and you are keep calling on Him. But if you are losing your direction, you never say once in your day, Lord, what should I do? Why? Because you need to calculate everything according in your brain. You need, you want to, you want to use everything through your through your brain. So if you live by your your brain, it means you're living by by these these um, skull or 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 you know this 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 bone head bone head or skull. Okay, verse 12. But when these priests had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat, he sat down at the right hand of God. So in verse 10, I said that the word pass appears. So, and also in verse 12, this author used the term Mia uh, with an intention. So what is this offering that is offering uh, that is appearing in verse 12? What is the sacrifice? This is sacrifice that Jesus had done of uh, sprinkling his pure blood in the sanctuary. So after after finishing this ministry, Jesus sat on the right side of the, of God's throne. This is symbolizing the, the perfect victory. So there are two sacrifices. One uh, sacrifice on cruci uh, on the cross and sacrifice in the sanctuary. Verse 13. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Uh, Jesus is now preparing for his, his middle stage. Already he's victorious, but not yet it has been fulfilled. But why is he postponing his, his perfect victory? 
to be fulfilled. So, so precisely speaking, this perfect victory had been done by Jesus Christ. So he's allowing us to partake in that glorious um, uh, joy of the victory. So for example, uh, when you graduate from these, these um, army or, or this academy, you will receive these, these, level, uh, these uh, grades or levels, but you will only get those medal of honors when you become victorious in the battle or in a war. So God already gave us the victory, and God gave us all the requirements to be victorious. So all we have to do is to believe in Him and to fight. We can always put our enemies under our feet. So whatever Jesus had done, it is all because of us. It is all for us. So you should not blame God and say, oh, Lord, why did you not destroy all the enemies? Why? Because he did it on purpose. If all the enemies disappear, what would you, how would you um, uh, get rid of your stress? You should, you should express and show your stress uh, to the enemies. Anyways, verse 14, for by one sacrifice he has, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So who are these people who had made holy? They are the ones who accept, who receive the event of cross. And Jesus made those, those uh, holy people perfect. They are the ones who erased their record of sin in the sanctuary. So this one sacrifice had done all these events. Amen. This is the event that happened to you at the moment that you have been saved. The moment you receive the salvation, eternally, eternally, being perfect, eternally. Do not doubt. Do not doubt. So when enemies enemies accuse you, then you should react and say, "Hey, hey, don't bother me. I am perfected being for eternal eternity." Verse 15. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. So through this, through this one sacrifice, Holy Spirit is saying. So in terms of the covenant, we became a new covenantal being. Verse 16. This is the covenant I will make with them. After the time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write, that, write them on their minds. God's word in, indwells in my spirit and it also indwells in my mind. And, and the first time the first time that I met God, before then I never read the Bible, but the moment that I met the Lord, I began preaching. How was it possible? Because the moment that I received salvation, God's word came indwelling in me. So now I'm saying the reason why you are receiving blessing is because the word in you is reacting and meeting the word that is being proclaimed through me. So this relationship is taking place right now. The word that is being pre pre being preached through me is when, when it meets the word in you, it will make the authority. Amen. Verse 17. Then he adds, 
Their sins and lawless, lawless acts I will remember no more. So when you repent, God will no longer remember your sins. Let's say I, I lied yesterday. I repented. And I, I lie again today. Lord, I lied again. No, that's not a right, right prayer. The sin that I commit today is the first, uh, the sin I, I have committed first time for my life. This seems shameless, right? But no. But this bold confession of faith will erase and delete all the legal rights of sin. So one of the most important focuses of your spirituality is is to believe in God's skill and God's effect and he, His power and authority. So you trying to be humble in humanly ways, that's a wrong way to, 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 to do the spirituality. Faith is about accepting his scale. Faith is about believing in his decision. Believing in his all the legal rights that he has fulfilled. That's the right form of the spirituality. So always do not drag him down to your own scale. So this is humanism. Those who have a strong worldly tendencies have strong humanism. So you need to get rid of that. Amen. So I will remember your sin no, no more. Amen. Okay, I must say this. There, there was this deacon who prayed supernaturally meeting with God. And a senior pastor uh, noticed that. And he told him, hey, your prayer is wrong. And deacon and that deacon began crying, began crying, and and the senior pastor told him once again, when you meet the Lord, pray to the Lord, saying that I I committed I committed a sin on on this certain day and asked the Lord what kind of sin you have committed, and on that day that deacon went to the Lord and he said. Uh, Lord, my senior pastor told me that I have committed this sin and he told me to ask you what kind of sin I have committed. And Jesus said, hey, wait a moment. And he went to, to he went went to somewhere and he came back. And he was scratching his, his back and he said that, um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what you did. And that, that deacon, and Deacon began crying again. Oh, then what should I, what should I tell to my senior pastor? And then he went to his senior pastor and he said that, um, Jesus scratches his back and he said that he does not remember. And the senior pastor hit his knee and he said, Oh, you truly meet Jesus and you repented. And how can Jesus remember the sin? You. I remember, I remember you uh, kissing that woman. I remember you kissing that woman. 
Even after your marriage, I saw you kissing that woman. Because you repented, you are right. I went to uh, minister someone. There was this one sister who, who, who were restored and who recovered from all the darknesses. And after a while, she came to me and she said that she's about to get married. And she said that she once had these, these fallen relationship before she met this, this man. And what she asked me, should I inform this, this brother that I had this kind of past history about my past mistakes? And I asked her, did you truly repent about that? And she said, yes. And I said, then why would you inform that to that person, something that God, even God does not remember? It's not being shameless. It's about showing Jesus' face to that person. How did you translate it? I mean, it's a Korean idiom, showing the, the foot of a duck. But that's the right reaction. It's the, you should not be, be humanistic. And, and as you brothers know, as you brothers know, how greedy are our brothers? Uh, my wife, only I can possess my wife, my woman. Do not believe in our brothers too much. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Verse 18. Okay, all right, be quiet. I have to finish quickly. Verse 18. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So this is why we don't look for the cross after, after our committing of sin. So um, event of cross is only necessary for once in our life. But those who don't believe in this heavenly sanctuary ministry, they always look for the cross over and over again. But what does Jesus say? Hey, I will not bear a cross anymore for you. This event of cross is already over for once. You are only looking for the cross for the evidence of the love. Amen. We will no longer look for the cross for our sins. But because you don't know and you don't understand this heavenly sanctuary ministry, you are keep suffering from the guiltiness. You are keep wondering spiritually. Look how important the book of Hebrews is. Now believe and do not doubt that you are existentially righteous. Verse 19. What does it say? Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Why can we now enter into the most holy place? Because we don't have the record of sin. 
So it's it is the word dia in Helen. Um, uh, what's it called in the Greek? So we are passing through the blood. So if we do not believe in this identity as a as a righteous, you cannot enter into the holy of holies because of this fear. As I always say, prayer is not about begging. It's not a begging. It is a request of a royal being requesting or, or asking to another royal being. It's an official demand. So prayer is a bold thing. So boldness here is about freedom of speech. You can say anything. There is not no regulation saying that you can say this, you cannot say that, no. You can say anything. So there is no reason for us to be unable to enter into His Holy of Holies. You should all enter there. You should all enter there. That's what Jesus even wants. Hebrews chapter 2 is clearly saying that too. Verse, uh, verse 8. Okay, verse 10. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it is fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. And God wants us to enter into his glory. The reason why Jesus entered into the, that glory is because he wants us to also enter into that glory too. But why can, can we not enter in, in there? Verse 20. By a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. Jesus tore that veil, right? Which is his body. So when Jesus died, that curtain was also torn apart. So it should be a natural, ordinary, and normal thing for us to meet him through through that curtain. Amen. Verse 21. 21 is explaining how should we then uh, maintain that perfection. Since we have a great priest over the house of God. So house of God is representing the church. Church is being ruled by him. Saying that he is a high priest, what does it mean? It means that all the church members must enter, enter before the throne of grace through him. So not only specific people, but all the church members must go before his throne. Church is not just a building. Hebrews 12:20 says that church is becoming a member of the assembly of the heavens. So now, because you are now a member of the assembly of the heavens, it is a normal thing for you to enter into the Holy of Holies. Just as this temple mountain was a place that was meeting the heavens before the corruption of Adam, just like the uh, prophecy of Malachi 3.1, the true church is a place where it meets the heavens. 
It's a place that meets heaven. So that, is, so that it is so natural for us to enter into the Holy of Holies. Verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from, guilt, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure, pure water. So even though we are existentially the righteous, but we are still committing sin. And then a sin is being recorded to the conscious. But when you repent through the power of the blood, the record is being deleted. Amen. So you have been cleansed away from that guilt, guilty conscience, and you have been washed with the pure water. So blood deleting all the list of our sin in the conscious. When the blood is moving, it means that the, in the water, the word of God is moving accordingly. And the word is, is washing all our personality. And because, because, um, and also in our spirit, we have three functions, the intelligence, uh, emotion, and will. It is being also cleansed by the word. And in our mindset, we have the word of God. And through the word, it is being cleansed. So this is how tremendous thing God is doing to you. The Holy Spirit indwells in you, blood is in you, and the Word is in you. These three things are making you into a divine being. How can we bear this, this weight of the glory? And because, because he had put his blood in us, we become a pure heart and our faith becomes pure that is not being mixed with anything. That's how we should go before him. So that's how you become a spiritual vessel that God can give anything. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. The promise he gave uh, uh, came from his faithfulness. So, so all the confession that we are making, he will receive those confessions. All the confessions that you are making to him, it will never uh, fall down to the ground. But we are not the ones who can make things out of your own. But only thing that you have to do is to confess before God. Lord, I am weak in this way. Lord, I need this. Lord, your promise is like this, but I cannot fulfill that according to my own, own effort. God will receive all those confessions, and God will make those for you. So just ask to the Lord without doubt. Just grab hold onto those hope. Just hold on to all the principles of grace that God already has fulfilled. And then after a period of time, you will see yourself entering into that glory gradually. So there is nothing that is difficult. 
Who is our God that He would make these, these, these meaningless promises? Verse 24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So, a community must be transparent. So, we should now talk about the church, but because we don't have enough time, we'll skip that. But in the relationship with the church, they, they, it's the most relationship that we should have on this earth. So, we should be transparent between one another. The church members know everything about one another. That's, that's how we can pray for one another. How transparent should we be? In book of James, in book of James, he says that we should confess our sins to one another. Hey, confess your sins to me. Pastor, I, I, I love few women. As I hear this confession of this translator, oh, because I did not pray for this translator, that's why he was attacked by this immorality, and I would be able to say to that brother, oh, now I will be praying for you. This is how transparent you should be, and this is the, this is the authority of the early churches, being able to have this relationship to confess one another about everything. You need to be able to see how powerful the church will be when you have this kind of relationship. So those who do not who do not accomplish this church in them will hide everything. They do not know what, what a great loss that is. When church members pray for that one issue, you, know, you don't know that God will work for them. So I will just, just you know, look them. I just watch those those people who are not being um, intransparent. So being transparent is so that important. Encourage one another with love and encouragement. Church is like charcoals. One charcoal would not be strong in, 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 in its fiery energy, but when it gathers, it will be a burning furnace. Amen. So let's continue. I will surely finish all chapter 10, verse 25. Not um, giving up meeting together as some are in habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Because the Hebrew community had this kind of issues, they're beginning to set aside these worships. But when the church loses its churchness, they will begin to set aside the meetings. And as you, as you guys have been to our church, our church members spend even more time in the church than at, at home. They just stay in church all day long. We always gather. Why? Because they have to do the intercessions. They have to do these, these small group meetings. Uh, teachers need to meet. We have leaders meeting. So always we gather together. This is the church. Church is about being a family. 
So what's the process that I'm doing to the Zoe Ministry churches around the world? I'm encouraging you to be a family. That's why I'm in inviting you to our churches. In I'm encouraging you to be a family. That's why I I'm always inviting you guys. I want us to be a family to you and maintaining this relationship. I want us to pray for you guys and you too. I want you guys to be our family members and to pray for us as a family member. So the true power comes from being a family. This is important in the church. So do not be lazy on gathering. So make your church members to live in the church. You should create this spiritual atmosphere in your church. Of course, each country has different conditions. I'm just talking about the order of creation. Do not make your sisters in your church to go out in the world and to make money. God did not create our sisters like that. So look, many of you think that if both the husband and the wife work outside, then do you, do you think that you think that they, they they will make more money, right? But you know, in our church, all our sisters they stay home and they nurture their children and they pray. All the other things are being done by the fathers. So, so because our sisters pray so powerfully, church is being activated. And what is the other thing that sisters do? They, they multiply. They give birth. They give birth to like five or six children. The righteous must multiply, right? This is important. This is the order of creation. Amen. So if you have faith, please do so. Hey, uh, sisters, do not work. Let your husbands work. Amen. Okay, let's continue. Okay, from verse 26. Okay, let's continue from verse 26. Now, now we'll see how then should we do until the day of, day of victory. This is the conclusion. If we deliberately keep on sh uh, sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. There are five warnings that is that are appearing in Book of Hebrews that does not meet in our that that is not logical because this is sermon. You know, as for me, I sometimes warn you during my sermons, right? So this is the final warning that author of Hebrews is making. This is something that does not meet the flow. So he's giving a warning to to the church members. 
So if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. Why? Because, because this Hebrew community is about to uh, betray the Lord. If you are being threatened and if you say that I don't know Jesus, then it's not a betrayal. But, but, because, uh, but for your own comfortness, for your own benefit, if you deny the Lord, then that's a betrayal. Just like uh, prophecy in Second Thessalonians, there will be a lot of betrayals. Many Christian communities will, will, will join the, the world religion. And we are seeing these days. You will see, you will witness lots of betrayals. So just like that, just like that, this author is seeing, is watching these signs of betrayal in the community. That's why he's giving a warning. So he's saying that if you return to the Judaism and if you betray him, Jesus will 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 not be crucified for you again. Verse 27, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So in one word that they will be go to hell. They will go to hell. Verse 28, anyone who rejected the law, Moses died without mercy on the test uh, on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verse 29, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? In one word, betraying is nullifying the, uh, the, the blood of Jesus Christ. It is rejecting the blood. So there will be a great judgment upon those people. Let's continue. Verse, verse 30. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. He's quoting the, the message of Deuteronomy. God will surely, God will surely uh, judge his people. 31. It is a dreadful thing to fall into hands of the living God. So being put under God's judgment is a fearful thing. And because people do not understand this fear, they, they betray him. Verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. So he is mentioning about this um, um, this suffering, suffering from AD 49. So what happened? Verse 33, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side, stood side by side with those who were so treated. So people people were put in in prison their their belongings were taken away by the governments but 34 you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the uh, confiscation of your uh, property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions so even through the persecution they did not lose the hope for the eternal kingdom 
지금. So Hebrew community was a community of faith like that. But now they are showing the sign of betrayal. <laughs> Why? Because of these these uh, policy of, of Roman Empire showing a favor to Judaism, they are accepting the world right now. So look, a community that that was firm in faith under the persecution, but as soon as they accepted the world, they turned 180. So look, church must be set apart from the world. Now the new season has opened, just like Zechariah chapter 5. This is a season that we are being separated from Babylon. So don't be fooled. It's not that we don't know the world. It's not because that we are being um, doomed because lack of the things that the world is giving us. No, it's the opposite. If the world, uh, if the church accepts the world, and if the church accepts the things from the world, that's why churches are being ruined. Church must be separated from the world. And if you are holy enough, whether you are aware or not, uh, whether if you are being holy enough, the world will be separated from you. If you still like the world, it means that you are not accepting the holiness that much. You don't know how um, how much you're Babylon-like. If you become holy, you can never compromise to the world. You will smell stenches of the world. You will just throw up. You know, when you discern these spiritual works of the diverse spirits and you know, works of the witches, they, they, they have these dirty smells. And even uh, people who have these strong worldly tendencies, they, they, they have these stenches spiritually. That's why we call these dirty spirits. Do not ever possess the world. 35. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be ritually rewarded. And these Hebrews community fought boldly in 8049. And that rewarded them. And verse 36, what should they do? You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. This is the definition of faith in Hebrews. Believing in God's promise and persevering through the faith. So what we need is perseverance. Everything else God will make. We should just wait for him. Hallelujah. Verse 37. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. All the churches in the history of Christianity for 2,000 years have been waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So our, our pastors, you should put your conclusion not on this earth, but on his second comings. Your, your, your sheep being perfected will be determined on that last day. So do not put your interest on this earth, on, on these days of this uh, uh, 
So when he comes, he will make your church members view your crowns. That's the only time schedule that you should have. So in my church, whenever my church members make mistakes, whenever they do not make money, I don't give, I don't, I don't care about that. So for the most times, when my church members come to me and say they want to quit their jobs, then I will say, okay, okay, do that. You need to be trained to live uh, relying on God. But think about it. If you consider and think about the tidings, you shouldn't do that, right? Oh, how much of a tithing is that person is giving and he's all of a sudden saying that he should quit the job? But do not, uh, you know, do not like allow, allow your church members to be separated from the world. Do that. God will take care of you. And whenever I talk about my church, I'm not boasting about it. Because God has made our church as a model, that's why I'm showing you an example. And we are doing such a, a great scale of a ministry. There are less than 100 people in our church who are actually earning money, who are making money. Through the money that the last 100 people are making, we are doing this great ministry. So this is an evidence that God is doing everything for us. So God is such a fearful being. And even, and even these, these, these less than 100 people are serving these families of the pastors which are about 50 in numbers. We have 18 associate pastors. So my only concern and worry is about how should I kick them out? And there are so many these 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 associate pastor the Chandusanims who are waiting to be a pastor. <laughs> so I am striving to holding them from becoming pastors. So it is it is nearly impossible for you to become a pastor in our church. So I'm just asking them to show show the evidence of their calling. Amen. So in these kind of status, God is God is um, doing all His ministry. This is the evidence that God is doing everything. So do not look down on church of God. God will lead his church by himself. Okay, let's finish. Verse 38, but my righteous one will live by faith. He's quoting Habakkuk 2.4. Romans 1.17, the righteous shall live by faith. The focus is about the righteous man. Galatians 3.11, the righteous shall live by faith. The focus is about the faith. Hebrews, Hebrews 11.38, but my righteous one will live by faith. The focus is about the life. By faith, you will receive the righteousness and you will live the life of the righteous man, which is the confirmation of salvation. So these three conditions must meet together. One must be qualified. Faith is a gift, and through the faith, you receive the identity as a righteous 
And this righteousness, I have talked about this all this week long. And the moment you receive the identity, you will be able to live the life of the righteous. So you should not miss any of those three. One denomination emphasizes the life. It becomes ethics. If you emphasize the righteous itself, then you will miss out the life. You, you will not show the evidence of the righteousness. And it will eventually make the righteousness stumble. And one will emphasize the faith itself. And then you will enter into the supernatural. You will only search for something supernatural called faith. So first you should uh, receive the identity of the righteousness by faith and you should live the life of the righteous. Okay. <laughs> Lastly, verse 39. <laughs> But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Amen. Okay, let me explain to you for the last time. Okay, faith does not have any characteristic to shrink back. It only passed forward to the fulfillment of God's perfection. You should not shrink back. You should only press forward toward the perfection of, of, of faith. You should not be you should not be afraid. Always go forward. Uh, stomp the enemy, trample the enemies. Swaminarayan's churches will surely witness this this marching of faith in this in this age. This is God's decision. This is God's fulfillment, and God already gave us the ability to do so. The blood of Jesus Christ in you is guaranteeing this. The word of Holy Spirit is telling you. God's promise is talking to you like this. My beloved remnants. The new new season is open to you. Now the church will be changed completely. You will be renewed spiritually and you will see the glorious models in your churches. And now you will witness the restoration of the glory in your church. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, we praise you for giving you the amazing victory. Lord, be present. Lord be present. Lord be present. Let's receive one thing. Lord is talking to us. I will give you the new power of the blood. Through this blood, all the hurts will be healed. All the darkness will be purified. You will enter into the perfect holiness. Father, at this last time, Lord, uh, impart your holiness, impart your power of the blood, pour down the power of the blood, proclaim the power of the blood, proclaim his authority.
sin no more. This is the power of the blood. Now whenever you repent, the effect of sin will be deleted. The power of sin will be deleted. And the power of the blood will lead you before the throne of grace. And now believe that you are invited before the throne of grace. This is the season. This is the season to enter before the throne of grace. Now at this time, go before the throne of grace in faith. Blood of Jesus Christ. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. we thank you we were so happy because of you through this week Lord we thank you for giving allowing us this new season of glory Lord I bless all these two eminent churches and Lord fulfill your amazing work in this amazing new season Lord, through this holy land tour that begins from tomorrow, let all this anointing flow around Israel through Zoe ministry and let it untie all the bindings of Israel. Lord, let Mahanaim, the army of God, be with all our brothers and sisters. Lord, protect them. Lord, secure them. Lord, let Israel be shaken. Lord, now let the remnant churches arise in Israel. Lord, among Israelites, Lord, let glorious churches arise. Lord, let all Israelites move from Old Testament to New Testament. Lord, at this time, let the power of the blood be sprinkled to Israelites. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's hold, uh, let's put our hands on the ground. Let's sprinkle the blood on this land. Lord, cleanse Israel with your blood. Lord, unbind all the bindings of this land. Lord, let your blood flow all around this land. Let's pray.
we thank you. Father, bless all, all the uh, people who serve this conference. Lord, I bless all the offerings that has been offered to you. Lord, let all the Zoe Ministry churches restore the authority over material people and the spirit. Lord, let the door of this new season be open to all the Zoe Ministry members and let them witness this. Lord, bless them with this glorious season that we will be more than victorious. Lord, from Lord for the for for the Holy Land tour that begins from tomorrow, Lord, let the Mahanaim army of God be with all the church members, Lord, and Lord protect them as they return home. And Lord, allow your great work to be present in all the other conferences that we still have left in in this year. And Lord, now even though we may uh, return home separately, Lord, let us still keep in touch to, to intercede and pray for one another. Now, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and the holy love of the Father, and indwelling communion of the Holy Spirit, be upon all the Zoyaminist churches, and on, in their, on the, upon their churches, upon the churches of the remnants, be with them from now and forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.